0: Saskia Saint Law is a transformational and leadership coach. was born and raised in Haiti. She moved to the U.S. to study public health at the University of Miami, where she graduated with her bachelor's of science. She then pursued her passion and graduated from a one-year coaching training program, Accomplishment Coaching. Saskia, at
1: 23 years old, is a motivational speaker and now best-selling author. Stay tuned for all of the fun stuff that we get into during our interview. Thank you so much, Saskia, for joining us. Uh, My pleasure. We both loved your book. Thank you. I literally finished it in one sitting. I I read the whole book just on on the airplane. (laughs)
2: it's an easy read it's like not too long and just so I thought it was very easy to like read along and that's the feedback I've gotten too is that it's like easy to just kind of read through
1: so I guess we can start with just do you mind telling
2: you know our listeners a little bit about yourself yeah so I'm originally from Haiti I was I grew up there and then I moved to Miami for college so I went to University of Miami and then after college, like I think my senior year, I started getting into like coaching and transformational work. And I was like, I loved it. It was like my world expanded. I was like, what is this? Like I can change my life. I can take ownership. Like it was like super eye-opening experience for me. And then I got a job offer in New York right after college. And I was like, you know what? Originally, I never wanted to move to New York. because I was like, it's too busy. It's crazy. It's hectic. My cousin. Oh, really? Yeah. Every time I would visit her, I was like, I don't know how you live here. Like, this place is insane. Like, love that for you. But this place is not for me. And it was funny because when I got the job, they were like, well, you're going to have to move to New York. And I was like, damn it. (laughs) I was like, you know what? (laughs) I'm open to it. New adventure. Why not? So then I moved to New York and then I loved it. But then I moved during COVID. So it was very different than like your typical New York. Cause like everything was restricted and shut down. So it wasn't as crazy or as hectic as like New York usually is. Um, and then I moved to Dominican Republic six months ago. Cause like I mentioned, I'm oh. from Haiti. Yeah. So my visa expired and then I couldn't get renewed for work. So then I had to leave. And so then that's how I moved to the Dominican Republic instead of moving to Haiti. Cause it's just a lot. Going on in Haiti right now. But I am also, as you know, Caitlin, and probably um, Mariana, a coach. And I did the similar program that Caitlin did, which is accomplishment coaching. Um, and I did that last year when I moved to New York. And then now I coach full time. And then I'm currently working on writing a second book.
0: So. Oh,
1: no way.
0: Awesome. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Well, Saskia, also, you left this out, but you're an author. Yes, yes I, wrote. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I wrote a book called There's More To Me, and it's about my journey from leaving Haiti, um, going to college, trying to find myself, trying to fit in, and then also going through sexual assault, and then just kind of like completely hitting my lowest point, and then getting into the work of coaching and transformation and then refining my voice, refining my purpose and path. And like, basically reclaiming my power. So that's the book of like, that's the story in the book is like the journey of transformation.
0: I guess going off of that, what made you decide to write a book and what was the most challenging thing, especially cause you do talk about a lot of personal things in it. Um, and even about like family specifically asking people if they were okay to be in it in the book. Like what was that whole process like? Yeah. So I never knew I wanted to write a book. Like, like that was like the last thing
2: I ever envisioned doing. And I remember it was last January. I was like on somebody made a live on Instagram about something about writing your book. And they mentioned me in it. And I was like, this is weird. Why is somebody mentioning me in their live? Like I, I knew the person, but not well enough to like be mentioned in it. So I was like, this is weird. So then I went to look at the live and it was all about, you need to write your book and tell your story. And I was like, this is weird. But I was like, let me message the girl and find out more. And then I ended up hiring her as a book coach. And it was like, you're supposed to write your book in 90 days. So it was, yeah, I know. I know. It was very intense. It was like, Every day writing for two hours, like I had to write ten pages a day. And I remember at first I wasn't clear on what to write, so I just started writing. It was kind of like a diary from like 2016 until now. Like I was just writing like what I remember it happened. And then after the 90 days, she was like, "All right, need to like publish it." And I was like, "This is not ready." I was like, (laughs) "This feels like a journaling thing. Like it's like 200 pages of journaling, but this is like there was no point to it. There was nothing." And I remember like having my parents and my brother and sister-in-law read it. And so I was like, you guys know, you know, before I release this book, you should probably read it. Cause like, there's a lot that you don't know, right? So like they started reading it. And I remember everybody being like, who are you? Who is this person? Like, how have we not known all these stories about your life, right? And there were some things in there that they were like, like, especially on my dad who worked in politics and stuff. It was like, some of these, maybe you don't need to talk about or some things like they were just like, you should take out or things like that so I remember after I finished it the hardest part was that having to relive like all these stories and write about it I realized that there was a lot more like healing that I needed to do like especially around my assault because I think like I went through it just kind of like moved past it and like never actually took the time to like deal with it. Mm-hmm. And so when I wrote it, it like all came back up and I was like, no, no, no. Like now's not the time. Like we're over it. You know, we've moved past it, but I had to like take the time, hire a therapist, like redo the work that I had been avoiding for the past three years. So I think that was the most challenging part was like having to like go back and really work on those things, like really work on moving past it really reliving it like accepting it and like moving through it and then after like I finished writing it I remember like after my family read it they were like okay great story but like what's the point of this this just feels like we're reading about your life but we don't like why should we care basically
1: yeah And I was
2: like I don't know and so then I spent like three months with just this draft not knowing what to do with it and then I stopped working with the other coach because all she wanted was for me to just publish it and I was like it's not ready like what I don't understand what you want me to publish and so then three months later I met another book coach and restarted from scratch but it was a whole different process because this time like I knew what I wanted to share and like the message I wanted people to get from it Mm -hmm. so it kind of also went smoother than the first time around
1: I mean you get I, I know we kind of touched upon like how your family reacted and whatnot. And I know you gave them like this first like raw version that felt more like a diary, but you really get raw and like tell really revealing stories about yourself, about your family, et cetera. What was the reaction then I guess after they went through and said, you can't tell this, you can tell tell that. Yeah, I mean, when
2: they, like I remember when everybody read it, they were like, we need a family meeting. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no. yeah, I was like no what have I done <laughs> and yeah because once were, it's out there it's out there yeah so the first thing is they were like what you wrote is really raw they're like are you sure you're ready the entire world to know these stories and there was also a lot of they wish they were all like we wish we had known more you know there was a lot of that guilt of like wanting mm-hmm. to happen there and I was mm-hmm. I just kind of had to be like it's like, there's nothing you could have done, but also for them, they were like asking a bunch of questions, like, how are you now? And it was just o- right. overwhelming for me. Cause I was like, everybody needs to calm down, back up, you know? And I had to understand too, like my brother was like, you need to understand that you have known this for three years. We just found out. So right. like, we're like at the stage where you were three years ago when this just happened and we would just want to know, like, how can we be there for you? Like, it was a shock for everyone, you know? And so, yeah, like sometimes, like my dad will even make Joe, he'll ask me a question about something, and like I'll be like, ah, oh, it doesn't really matter. Like, don't worry about it. And he's like, am I going to read about it in your next book? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh dude, <I> got it.
0: <laughs> you know, funny. so like, I guess getting into the content of the book a little bit without giving too much away, <laughs> something you spoke about was when you went to college trying to kind of find how your religion and your faith fit into your college sorority life and whatnot. And I mean, I come from a religious household as well. My family's Greek Orthodox. And I think it's even hard for my parents to see they're super religious and their kids aren't as religious. And I think it's just harder in this day and age um, to be connected to a specific religion. So I guess, how do you find how Did you find that fit into your life? How did you find? I know you talked about a lot of battles as well with things like premarital sex or things that the church tells you not to do. How do you still keep your faith and religion a priority in your life while also understanding there's certain rules that you don't necessarily agree with? I think it's one of the hardest things that I
2: still struggle with. It's, yeah. and it's interesting because like, and at least our Haitian society, like everybody grow Catholic, you know, we all do like our first communions and confirmations, you know, like we're all religious to some aspect, but like, no one actually practices it. So it's something of like, when you, you just are right. It's like, or it's like, <laughs> if I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go to church. We're like, you actually go to church. I'm like, what? They're like, I'm Catholic, but I'm gonna go to church. You know? So it's very interesting. Cause it's like a lot of people will say, they're religious or they believe in something, but like the practice of doing it it's kind of like friends of mine will be like, "Why are you actually doing it?" Like you know you don't actually have to right right so like, I see right, or I have friends who are like, "Yeah, I yeah, am, but like I only do certain things you know like or like kind of f- finding kind of you were saying of like the things that work for you, I think it really depends for the person, I guess how you want to define your faith. Um, I think I still haven't figured out exactly like I don't think i fit into a religion if that mm-hmm. makes sense i think i believe in god i believe there's a higher power for sure but i still haven't figured out like is there a religion that i really abide by that i'm like i believe everything you say so like that's the one i'm going to live by or do i just right now consider myself a spiritual person kind of figuring out life knowing there's a higher power you know like i pray every morning i meditate but like i don't know that i follow a religion if that makes sense it's
0: hard because I feel like it can get, like, it's not as black and white as I think people assume. And like you said, just because you go to church doesn't make you a good Christian. Yeah. And I think
2: my parents are very Catholic too. So they like go to like, every Sunday they go to mass, they have like all these groups they attend. And like, first of all, it's in Spanish. I'm still learning Spanish. (laughs) And I'm like, for me, I don't even understand it. What am I sitting there listening to? And like, Like, I don't feel that connection, right? But let's say I'm like at the beach and I'm like seeing this crazy sunset and I'm praying and I'm like, oh, like I really feel that there's a higher power right now. So I don't think that like, I necessarily need to go to church to feel that power, like what you're saying. But I don't like to like label myself with any religion because for me, it's like, if I'm going to say I'm Christian, then I need to follow what they're actually saying. You know, and if I'm not following everything, I'm not going to call myself that because for me, it's like, kind of like people are like, oh, you say you're a Christian, but yet you do this. So I'm like, I just don't want to be that person that says that I'm something, but don't actually. And then not. Something. Yeah. yeah.
0: Something else you talk about is like college hookup culture, obviously. Um, and I think I can't speak for Caitlin, but I felt, I was honestly shocked as well going, I went away to college too. I was in Boston for school and we grew up in Manhattan. where like, People were doing things things from a young, yeah. yeah, People People were
1: not even just hookup culture, like period.
0: Everything. People people were doing it from a young age. Not necessarily us, but like definitely the people around us. And I was even shocked when I went to college. I was like, oh, wow. So I guess how was that for you? Especially because you were religious too, like going into it. Yeah, I think- Similarly, like, growing
2: up in Haiti, we started, there's no, like, legal, technically, there is a legal age to drink, like, 18, but realistically, like, since 13, we're all going out partying, right? Like, so, like, going into college, I expect, like, I wasn't surprised at the drinking of a party. No. The culture was just, like, at least, also in Haiti, there was something, like, it's such a small society that we grew up in that everybody knows everybody's business. So like, you mm-hmm. always want to keep your things very private because right. you don't want to be the person that's up with everyone. Cause ev- like, not only with your entire class, no, but like your parents will, like it's, that's like how small town type it is. Right. And so like going to college, I was like, what? Like, how is this even, Paul, you know, like different people every night. I went like, to U Miami, which is I a party school. Miami, so, <laughs> I can tell you that, like it's it's a major thing there. You know, people are having the best time ever, especially freshman year of college. Like, yeah, a lot of people that In come Greek life, yes, and Greek. It was like, you, yeah, you talked too. about that a little bit too. Let's just say, like, there was always something happening every single day. I love the party, call. like I love to have a good time, but like the hookup culture, there was such a pressure mm-hmm. around, like it's just hooking up, like, it's no big deal. And I was like, well, eh. but because my entire life, I grew up knowing, like, it is a big deal. You know, you want to keep that private and you don't want people to find out. But over there, it was like, nobody cared. Everybody was like, oh yeah, I slept with him and him. I'm like, aren't they like best friends and all yeah. <laughs> Are they like roommates? And I was like, right. how does this work? <laughs> so it was definitely challenging to like, try to find your place. And I think like, it was so easy for me to get lost in that. I wish I had more self-confidence at the time. Yeah. I was like, so young
0: entering know. college. I think though, like, regardless where you go, you still feel that pressure of wanting to fit in. Like, yeah. you don't want to be the one that's different and be like. Oh,
1: I felt like a total outcast. Yeah, like my same. first two
2: years, I'd say. Yeah, I think it's like such high pressure. So, And I think also because like people make it seem like, College is gonna be the best four years. You're gonna meet your people there. You know, so
1: much pressure.
2: Right. There's so much pressure on like this where you find a group of people. This is like where you're gonna make a connection. So like best life. Right. And I was like, oh my gosh, I hate it. Like the four years of college were like not the best times of my life at all. You can struggle with fitting in, you know, like struggle with adapting to the new cultures with the people there, right? And it's not as easy to find your people.
0: I guess to going off of that you said you like found a counselor there. Yeah. How did was it something encouraged cuz I'm sure every college offers it. I yeah, I didn't yeah. even know it was a thing in my it was definitely there and I feel like wasn't necessarily encouraged. It's not, and you know what it
1: is? It's not like publicized. Right. Like and when it's you funny because
2: growing up. I think it's like orientation. They might mention right. it. But like, that's about it. We're on the like tour. I, like. Right. On a tour. You see it. Like, so the thing is, I had a class that was like, I had to pass you're it. You're right. It's not publicized. And so I would just always see it. So one day I walked in and I was like. Like, what do you guys do here? And they're like, oh, like, you guys, you get free services. I was like, what? Like, since when? They're like, always. I was like, how does it work? And they're like, well, you just talk to someone, we match you with someone, and you see how it goes. So now I was like, cool. So then I just kind of tried it. You were just curious. I was just curious. And then I ended up loving it. And interestingly enough, I had a roommate um, freshman year who was baker acted. So it's like when someone is, has like, mental health issues are like as a threat to themselves and someone Mm -hmm. calls in and says hey like this person is trying to harm themselves or others and then the police comes and like basically takes them to the hospital for 72 hours to be like reviewed watched so my yeah watched so my roommate um I remember coming like somebody called me on my floor I was like eating dinner and she's like there's cops in front of your like your dorm and I was Mm -hmm. like what like what is going on (laughs) She was like, I don't know, there's cops, there's a dog. I was like, oh gosh, what did she do? <laughs> um, so then I like walk in, I came in, into my room. They're like, we need to talk to you. I was like, oh, what is oh going on? God. And they're like, so do you know anything about your roommate who's like struggling with <laughs> mental health issues? I was like, I mean, I know she's far away from home. You know, she she messes home because she like was from India. So I was like, I know oh, wow. she's she really home. far right so I was like and know she's homesick and I was like that's and they're like no like we got a call that she's trying to like kill herself basically and I was just like so shocked at what was going on and then they were like so we, we're gonna have to like take her you know for the next twenty two hours and watch her and stuff so then at some point I got to talk to her and she was like I wasn't trying to it was a mistake I, like I was just so confused on what was going on but I remember afterwards her having to go like the reason why they let her back on campus to stay was she had to see a therapist like twice a week every single week or if like if she needed more she could go more but like at least twice a week obviously everybody on the floor knew something happened when they were like cops and stuff yeah um, you can't so, that yeah so I think that like I think it should be advertised more in college like I don't think I agree. Daughter, exactly. is, right like I think most people don't know about it unless someone goes through something like that or just kind of walks by and sees
0: it that it's funny because like us growing up I feel like all our friends like kids who grew up in the city it's a stereotype but like everyone has a therapist um not even just the kids it's now everybody right. I know now has a therapist right we're in college like I would have never thought I mean that's really it's not like unless people were going to therapists let's say for me in Boston but a lot of these schools that are in rural places where that's not offered. And it's not like back when we were in school, like virtual sessions was really right. a thing. I feel like it should be encouraged more.
1: Actually, somebody from the coach training program, yeah. who's also from the city said, um, everybody, you know, that's saying everyone in New York has a therapist. She was like, I genuinely think everyone in New York actually needs a coach, not a therapist. Oh, I
2: like that. <laughs> I
0: like that
1: too. And I was like, yeah, for sure. Got us all hired.
0: (laughs) 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 And then I guess going off of that and other traumas that you um, discussed in the book, what are ways you talked about meditating or praying? And I feel like it's something we've both tried to get into. What are ways that you cope when you are having a period of anxiety or like depressive thoughts or anything like that? Like we always say when you have a pit, like you have a pit yeah. all day, that anxious pit. What do you... <laughs> yeah, so it's so funny you mentioned that
2: because this past, like, I would say a couple of months, I've had the worst anxiety that I've had ever. Yeah. And, yeah, and it was so weird because usually, you know, like, I'll, like, either... Like meditate doesn't always work, especially when I'm having anxiety. I'm like, I do not need to sit in the car right now. I like, can sit here, awesome. right? I'm with you. So like, right. I'll go. I started running, which would help a lot, like to actually like get something my body moving. Um, so running, or I started boxing. Boxing was the greatest thing that I, had yeah. I was in this relationship that was just like not like just causing me way too much anxiety. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, I need to start cutting out the things that are not helping with my anxiety, you know, like, mm-hmm. not even so though I want to stand me. it, you know, it was hard to do. And I literally have this thing. I'm like, so we have this thing of like, write your six to do's. And mine is like, don't text. Don't, you know, like literally I had to yeah. write it, to leave this person behind just as a reminder, because I was like, long-term, like this is causing you more anxiety, more stress than I need. And so I think it was learning to cut back on those things that like, just right. not helping me at all. I think like, for example, like if I'm, I was having a long day, I was like, can we just drink a glass of wine and just like, kind of like escape from it. Now I've like cut out, like if I'm feeling anxiety, like I won't drink wine. And really, like, how the, the hell do you do that? I'm like, I'm just going to feel it. Like allow myself to have it. Yeah. I'll sit. With it. I need to, I'll sit yeah. I'm learning Ooh. to sit with it versus escaping it because the reality, like what I realized is just like, the more I escape it the more it just keeps coming back to me. Like yesterday morning I woke up and it was just like the, you know, when you wake up and it's just like everything goes wrong. the yeah. That was me. I was like, oh, today's going to be a long day and I have a lot of work to get done. And I was like, I don't want to do any of it. You know, and it's funny because my dad's like, just stay home. And I was like, great advice. And no, I was yeah. like, I need to do something like productive. So then I like went to this cafe and it took me hours to get started on work. Oh, it's an Instagram I, I was, like, story yeah so then I was like let me push myself to do the thing that I don't want to do right because in the end I'm gonna I'm gonna like reap the benefits more than if I just kind of wallow in it also I think what helps me is I think about like okay what am I like what's the vision what's the life I'm creating for myself and anytime like Let's say I get consumed and like, oh, I really wanna do this. I wanna, I like I'm done. I, I don't want to do coaching anymore. I quit. I hate this. This sucks, or whatever. Like I get into. Then I, I'll think about like, okay, what's the big picture here? Yeah. And so yeah. that will bring me back to like, okay, even if I'm I hate what I'm doing right now, even if I don't wanna do it, I'm gonna do it just because like long term. So I think I tried to focus more on like, how is this right now, this temporary, like if I decide to stay in it. How is it going to support me in the future? And if it doesn't, I'm like, okay, we we'll actually, will So this is something that I, like I'm newly trying out, which is like not going to my escapes, you know? Cause like, I love drinking my wine or smoking to get away from it or whatever. Yeah. But now I'm really learning to sit with it and like face
0: it. Do you ever like journal, I mean, since you wrote a book, do you yeah. journal or <laughs> or read like how, right? books, like, like self-help <laughs> books and stuff like that?
2: I love journaling. So I'll do that. So it's funny because like if let's say I'm like having a thing where I'm like, damn it, like or let's say this happened later this week where like he messaged me and I was like, shit, like I really want to answer, answer right now. And I was like, Oh, so I like pulled up word and I started typing what I want, like how I was doing. Yeah. I was like, I answer right now, but I can't answer. I, like, I just kind of let it all out. And then after I was done writing for however long I was writing, I was like, okay, I'm good now. I don't need to yeah. answer. You're like, but like, I think that helped me. Even typing like, what would I answer? How would that go? Just kind wow. of like get in my head. Cause like, I like overthink a lot. So I was like, if I write it out and I just kind of let it out, then I move past it. So then I wrote it out. And then I, like, cleared. I just, like, kind of wrote it out, wrote all my thoughts, and then moved forward. And That's a great, great trick. So, like, yeah, before answering. And then, like, it put me in a different space where I was, like, oh, like, I can answer in a more, like, casual way than before being like, hey, you know, I could just answer cold or don't answer leave it however it was, you know, versus, like, in the moment how I wanted to answer and react.
0: I feel like I need to do that when I like want to rip an angry text. Like write it
2: first,
1: sit with it. Especially an angry text, but like that's a yeah. And then you probably probably don't general,
2: Right. So I'll do it on notes or what I do, let's say I really don't feel like typing. I'll record it. You know how like there's a recording option on your phone. I'll record it. And after I'm done talking, I'm like, yeah,
0: this is so not necessary to say. I'm going to delete that one. <laughs> That's honestly better too, because you can hear. How you know? crazy you sound. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably way <laughs> yeah. better. Yeah. And then I guess also you said, like you talk about in your book that you went through a time when you were like surrounded by people you love the most and you still feel so lonely. And I feel like everyone of has felt that. Like, relate. I, yeah. Like I feel like even me, I come from like a really big family and I can realistically be with somebody all the time if I wanted to, but there's definitely a lot of moments where I feel lonely or isolated. How do you cope with that? And especially you move around a lot too. Like, yeah. I'm sure that can get yeah, isolated. <sighs> yeah.
2: And so it's, <laughs> I, every time, like, yeah, every time I like settle into a place, right? It's like, guess what? We're moving again. And I'm like, <laughs> New dress, yeah. <laughs> um but I think and this is a lesson I'm learning now it's that I tend to seek a lot of like outside like or people to kind of fill mm-hmm. whatever void is in me and I think that's why I get hooked when I'm in a relationship right or like it's hard for me to leave because I'm like no, no no like if I leave then I'm losing that attention I'm losing that or whatever it is that's right like it doesn't yeah. matter how toxic it is I'm like but the attention you know or yeah. like the love or whatever it is the way that I feel and I think the biggest thing that I'm like learning now is like how do I become my own best friend like mm-hmm. how is like how I, do I, I love that yeah it's like how do I fall in love with me in such a way that like whether I'm like with 20 people or alone it doesn't phase me out the little things I've been doing is like taking myself out on dates
0: Ooh. literally going
2: on solo dates and like not being on social media the entire time, you know, but really just sitting there and being like, I'm by myself on a date. Where can I make this the best? You know, <laughs> or like yesterday, I was like, after a rough day, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna make myself a really nice dinner. I like turn on candles, put on as if like I was actually making a date with someone. Right. And I was like, I want to start really like loving being so comfortable with me that I don't need other people to like make me feel like I'm not alone as much as like, I don't want to be alone. The truth is like, at the end of the day, you really are by yourself. You know, you can like, you have them. you. Yeah. right. Like I have my whole family and they are the most supportive people I have in my life. Right. But like, at the end of the day, like they can't love me for me. That's the journey I've been going on and really thinking every day, like For example, like for me, I really lose myself in relationships. Like I know that I do. Like anytime I'm doing like amazing work, (laughs) I start dating someone and then I'm like spiraling out. And next thing I know, like I've lost, I'm like, I used to love myself so much, but now like the way that like, I'm like the things I'm allowing in this relationship, clearly I don't love myself because if I there's no way that I would be accepting these things or like being with this person. So I like every day, I kind of ask myself, like, if I love myself, what are the things that I would do?
1: Yeah, that's
2: the approach I've been taking for the past like three weeks. And, you know, on days where I'm like, I hate this, I'll type it out, I record it, I like do whatever it is so that I don't go back because like, I don't want to keep looking for other people or things to fill me. Because, and one thing my therapist said, which I was like, she's like, when you keep waiting for other people or opportunities to like f- fill you up or like fulfill you, you're giving them the power versus you. And I was like, oh, oh my God. God. Was like, this is so true. And she's like, so it's time for you to like really learn to take your power back. And like, what does that look like? And I'm reading this right. book; it is life changing. It's called Build an Empire by Elena Cardone, and she talks about when you're building an empire of vision, like you really need to learn to like really focus on you love you think of what you're trying to create and also like cut out the things or the people that are just not aligned with the things that you want so yeah um, yeah that's what i've been that's the journey i'm
0: on right now is like did we
1: just get a sneak peek into your second book <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe <laughs> so i guess we'll we'll finish up with some rapid fire questions that we've kind of been doing with everyone and their fun put people on the spot um Gosh, let's go <laughs> so first favorite inspirational book besides your own that you've read
2: i'm gonna say right now build an empire by elena cardone it's you know what the cool thing is too it's an easy read you know how my book yeah it's one of those and the cool thing is at the end of it there's reflections so you can just kind of like journal about things Write it, like oh, we have no to send it to brie too like, there's a part i think you guys are gonna like it's called like the list so you know how like they always tell you, write the list of the person you want. But the cool thing about this list- is Oh my gosh,
1: happened, someone was
0: just me. telling- Oh, <laughs> me. Literally two days ago, what? I told you you have to write a man manifestation <laughs> list. I said, someone just told me to
2: do this. <laughs> but the cool thing about what she says too, is like what she realized when she was writing her list, she's like, well, who do I have to be to attract this man? And I think you never Ooh. think about- your list of like, uh-huh, how yeah. do you need to show up? Who do you need to be to attract this person? I so like I'm you, this book is like, com- it's like came in at the perfect time. My sister-in-law recommended it. I was like, you have just like blessed
0: my entire life. And this is the book I needed, but didn't know I needed it. It's true though. Cause it's like, they say you have to be the best version, version of, you. of yourself and love yourself so much ah. to fully be ready for right. a relationship or like that partner that is going to be the one. Um. Exactly.
1: Um, what is the most significant thing that you can do for yourself to grow or just to like look inward, like sit, like kind of
2: as we were talking about? I think it's spending time with yourself, like your dates, I mean, um, your dates, date, right? Your dates are, but really spending alone time, like, yeah, like, like getting comfortable and the discomfort of being alone.
0: I have to work on that. I know. I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I like that idea of taking yourself on, on a, a date. date, especially in New York. So many people, I honestly have date nights
1: with myself.
0: I, used I started to do to. it in college. I would do it all the time. Like yeah. I feel like in college I got, a, I was a professional loner. Like I was so good at it and I loved <laughs> hanging out with myself. And then I feel like I just lost it. And I think COVID also made everyone so scared to be alone. So it was such an mm-hmm. isolating time. Totally. And I think I've like, I'm, tr- I need to like find that again like going for a walk and going shopping by myself like I feel like I've it's all that stuff is so important
2: and I used to do that in New York all the time too I used to buy myself flowers I used to like anything I would think of like if I had a partner and I would want him to do things I was like you would do it I would do it for me like I was like anything whether it's like Surprise trip. I'm like, let's do a surprise trip for myself. You know, like whatever it was, like that I wanted somebody else to give me, I was like, I'm really going to learn to give that to me so that like whoever comes into my life, I'm not so hooked onto like, (gasps) I, I, you know, I'm not with them because of a need or because that's what they give me because I already give myself that, but I'm with them because we click so much and we're both like, we have the same vision. We want the same things that it just kind of works versus like, I need this person in my
0: life. Going off of when you were in New York, what were your favorite things about New York? I know you were here during kind of a crappy time, but <laughs> any, if restaurants were open, any favorite restaurants or your favorite neighborhoods to walk around and whatnot? So
2: I lived on the Upper East and I lived 10 minutes away from Central Park. I love awesome. Central Park. Like that was like probably one of my favorite things was going running in Central Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. in Central Park. I think it's just a place where like I could clear my head and just like nothing else mattered but the moment I was at you know like also amazing sunsets or sunrises like Central Park I absolutely love to like disconnect or like have a long time.
1: Um, What is the best reaction you've received since publishing your book?
2: I think the most surprising thing was how many adults reached out to me like people in their 50s and 60s reaching out to me like i like could relate so much to your story and like I found myself like learning a lot for, like for me that was the most surprising like having people that I ne- I didn't know or never heard of before messaging me about like how inspired they were by it or how much they related because I expected a lot more people like our age to relate to it so right. I had that, wow like that was I think the that's
0: most cool thing. And then last one, how did you come up with the title and the design of the cover? What was that process? Yeah, I'm
1: obsessed with the cover.
0: Yeah. Thank you.
2: So my book coach had like a graphic designer. So we were talking about like the ideas or what we wanted to convey. And so I just kept mentioning like, you know, pastel colors. Like I just kind of mentioned like, I want something that's like welcoming. Yeah but I didn't have anything like too specific in mind right and he made like five different covers and this one was like the most different from any of them and I was like this is it I want like, that like, the minute I saw it I was like this is it 100% and the title interestingly enough I figured it out after I wrote my book I think my title changed so many times and I think it was all the way at the end. I was just, cause also I was Googling and this title was taken or that type, there was something similar to it. Oh. So it was like finding things that like hadn't been, like no one had a book Used. title like that before. And so then I was like, I like this idea that there's more to me. Cause I think also thinking of like the th- reason also is like, so people would tell me like, oh, like you're so inspiring and you're always so happy and your life is perfect and amazing, you know, cause people- don't know the full story, which is another reason why I was I also wanted to write it because I would get a lot, especially from Instagram, like people being like, "Oh, I, I want to be just like you. You're so perfect." And I was like, "You have no idea, like <laughs> how imperfect I have been and I still am." You know, or like kind of talking about the backstory. So then the title kind of came from that of like, "There's more to me than just what you see," right? Like right. it's not just like what you see on the cover. You know, if they say like, "Don't judge a book by its cover." It's like that same idea of like, there's more to everyone. I love that. I feel like
0: if there's, I'm sure, probably as an author, so much pressure on coming up with a title, a title, and a cover. And I feel like that's even people starting their own businesses. Like, what the are name. we going to call it? Like, I feel like you put so much unnecessary pressure on it. And unless it's like so out of this world, no one's really gonna. You can also change much it onto it and write <laughs> something you can always change. But I mean, as an author of the book, you really can't. <laughs> <laughs> once it's printed, it's printed. No, the <laughs> book,
1: yeah, no, no, once it's out there, you're yeah. stuck
0: with it.
2: But that was, and I think a lot of times it gets funny because I have a client right now who's struggling to come up with their company name. And I was like, we put so much emphasis on having the perfect name, but think about things like Google, like right. I'm pretty sure they didn't think it was the most iconic name when they came up with Google or Amazon or something like that, right? But Apple. Like,
0: Apple. Like-, Apple, like Apple, Apple. <laughs> like, like an apple turning no. orange yeah nice. no that's what but it's like it's like yeah it's true no name no name has like a oh that's why they called it samsung like yeah right. no name right. has a it's nothing
2: like we're always looking for the most clever thing but hundred like, percent it's the most simplest thing yeah it's like that makes all like you know and it's it's not about the name at the end of the day it's like what you do and what you create from it. Like anyone will adapt to the name, no matter what it is, just because of like, you know, what it's actually creating for right. having importance, you know? Yeah. Thank you for sitting with us. for the. Past Where hour. can we
1: find yeah. you? Um, yeah. To everybody, the book is called there's more to me.
2: Yes. It's on Amazon. Um, yeah, you I got get
0: it on my Kindle. <laughs>
2: Yes, yeah, so you can get on the Kindle or paperback version. If you prefer the, having a physical copy, you can find me on my website. It's saskiastlaw.com. You can find me on Instagram, saskiastlaw as well. Yeah. Email is much longer. So, I'm gonna...
1: <laughs> um, all right. Well, Saskia, thank you so much. We're definitely going to, I still have more questions
0: even from the book. <laughs> I know I have, I have like more questions that things that I would give away from the book, but same, I have, same I have questions. Same, same.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like I don't want to give it away, but like, I, yeah, I have a lot of questions, so we'll have to set up another time to chat, um, yes. but thank you so much
2: You're for so coming welcome. on. It's up to you. you.